Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a special edition of the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsa. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. Here's what we're doing today, everybody. Uh, normally, this is what uh, our Sunday slot. It's like a Star Wars ranked or a data bank dive. But we felt going into 2023, we want to we let some of you know what we do on our Patreon page. We have an exclusive show that we do every month just for our Patreon supporters called Will of the Force. Joseph, what, what would you say Will of the Force is about? It is about anything and everything. I think the concept was realizing that almost 
any just sort of random keyword or character or vehicle could be said about Star Wars. And we legitimately have lots of thoughts and opinions and fun discussing them. So we thought we want to do this bonus show uh, for our patrons. Uh, what's something that's a little bit more kind of just off the cuff and fun that we could do. So came up with this idea of taking a visual dictionary or some other Star Wars uh, guidebook and uh, flipping to a literal random page that we pick that moment as we record live on air and recorded and released. Uh, And then we talk about what's ever there. And it's really fun because we do get surprised at the actual contents uh, where we land and what kind of page is it is it a splash page is it a real detailed page you know is, is it focusing on something we've talked about a lot or something we haven't talked about in years it's just the surprise of it that makes it fun yeah and i think it really cuts to the core of what it is to be a star wars fan there's all the things we love the deep themes the characters the inspirations the lessons but also you meet a star wars fan out in the wild you don't even have to know them you see their star wars shirt you see a pin on their jacket or a hat and suddenly you're off and running and yes, in this day and age, there could be discourse debates and all those kind of things. But I think at the end of the day, hey, do you like Wedge Antilles? What do you think about Biggs's mustache? Uh, <laughs> what do you think about uh, uh, Chopper? All those kind of things. Those are the conversations that I think are part of the, the lifeblood, the fuel of being a Star Wars fan. Those uh, I always say the shared unique journeys. And this is kind of our show about it. Now, today, uh, what we want to do for the, the the storefront, this is like the storefront edition. We're, we're bringing some <laughs> stuff back out of, from storage and letting you all know, if you're not familiar, if you haven't um, uh, been a supporter of us on Patreon page, uh, it, it really does help the show grow. And some things we do on the Patreon page, just so you know, like a lot of people uh, like our theme music. That's original theme music that was uh, uh, made, created, conceived, recorded, written, sung by the great Tony Daxton, a great podcast host and producer himself, drummer for the band Motion City Soundtrack. That happened because of our Patreon page. We really appreciate the support. So we're just going to let you know what we do over there. Uh, Joseph, we have selected two episodes, I think June and August of the last year, that we're going to share. Uh, and and not going into the details of what they are, uh, they both prove one thing, Joseph. We truly do pick these pages at random. Absolutely at random. And I think it also just shows that we really do like Star Wars. I don't think that's in doubt, <laughs> uh, but it really is almost like a little bit of a, uh, we talk about the hanging out at the playground, hanging out at the bar, talking about exactly what you said. Do you like this? What do you think of those execution troopers? And that's what uh, this show lets us do is just have tons of fun with something random. So without further delay, we've got two picked for you here. We'll take a little break as always between them, but let's get to a will of the force. From the center of the galaxy and direct to all of you here on Patreon, this is our Patreon-exclusive show, Will of the Force. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm happy to flip some pages and talk about what's on the pages. That's what we do. Pretty fun, simple concept. We grab a one of those Star Wars books we all love to buy, put on our coffee table, and maybe... Uh, occasionally remember to flip through it because it's full of so many wonderful things, uh, art of books, the visual dictionaries. And that's what we have here today. Uh, Star Wars, the complete visual dictionary, new edition. We've been working off this one for a while because quite frankly, it's pretty big and a lot of pages to choose from. So we have 347 pages is what the the number we're given. Uh, Joseph's going to have the He's going to channel the force. Is that what you say? Are the midi-chlorians <laughs> working in you here? 
they are whispering to me, and uh, the uh, the number they are whispering is two hundred and fifty three. Mm, okay, I like and that. Now the flipping the, begins. Yeah, the flipping, we flip live on air here. Live flipping. Uh, oh, we're getting. Oh, oh, you just. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> if you're oh. flipping along. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. Uh, you know okay. what, Ken? Uh, yeah. it, it it just it already makes me feel dirty because of the my association with when you orient a book this way in in pop culture, it means you're looking at like uh, a pinup. <laughs> so I hope a lot of you listening are uh, looking at uh, t- turning along uh, with us on those pages. Uh, if you, if you don't do that and you have the books, uh, stop right now. Grab the book and go to page 253 and uh, and 252. It's going to be a splash page edition here. We have got Chewbacca, loyal protector. This is huge. But as Joseph is saying, laughing, and maybe having some uncomfortableness with, uh, this is like a pinup. You have to turn it. Uh, turn it. It doesn't fold out. But Chewbacca, man, he's got... He's got all the pages here to himself. He is just standing tall on these two pages. Standing tall, wearing only his uh, bandolier as always. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, I, I love that it's spread across two pages. And I love that they let uh, Chewie be tall. And I'm used to pages like this in the visual dictionary. It's just having to actually hold it up to talk about it. I had to do like that bad move from a sitcom where you're like, you know, somebody is looking uh, at a magazine with nudity and they're hiding it between a book. And then you realize <laughs> they're looking at a, a nudity magazine because they suddenly rotate the book. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing that for old Chewy, loyal protector. Right. Well, this is big. We've never really, we've discussed Leia on this uh, show, but a lot of times it's the fun little weird uh, corners to crawl into in Star Wars or Weapon or or whatnot. But Chewbacca is pretty big, a loyal protector indeed. Uh, I'll read here at the top what it says here. Joseph, we can go wherever you feel after that. Chewbacca's strong protective instincts extend to watching over Rey, especially after the degree to which Han Solo vouched for her. Though Chewie is ever loyal, he knows better than a crowd a young woman as independent as Ray, who tends to be drawn to isolation. As Ray disappears to follow her duties as a Jedi in training, the Wookiee mostly sticks close to the Millennium Falcon, forever tinkering with the stubborn freighter and taking occasional breaks to explore surroundings on the island. For more of that, get the book Chewie and the Porgs. All right, that's a great way to start. This is this book was written uh, post uh, Last Jedi, so that's kind of the era it's touching upon there. At least some of the vibes. What do you think there? What do you what do you got? Oh, I love that idea of Chewie as loyal protector. I think that mm. that title is great, and I, I I think it's that that stuff that's you know clear in the movie uh, when you just kind of uh, watch it with your emotions that he is taking a responsibility to you know go look for Luke, uh, mm. go with Ray. And watch over Ray, but I love just hearing it written out like that. It makes it so clear of like that Chewie just never feels complete unless he's got somebody to watch over. And also, mm. Chewie's got great instincts, right? Like, yeah, he, he senses that that Ray is a uh, two big Wookie thumbs up from Chewie. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's no, that's great stuff there, and truly. Truly, what he is, man, and and he's pretty simple, straightforward looking. I like that about him, and and you you know you know the lines that can't be crossed here. And I, I've always appreciated just the 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 real simple uh, carryover of his relationship to Han and and Leia, Luke, and everyone else, and extending it to to Ray, and 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 never question it. I love what they they're saying here. Uh, he recognizes who she is, and not just who she is as an independent, uh, you know, uh, young woman as described here, but 
Also that she tends to be drawn to isolation and that uh, he's going to stick around, maybe, maybe make sure you don't isolate too much, but also that's how you function. That's how you get through this. It's how you, you do things. And Chewie's going to respect that too. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this turn of phrase of taking occasional breaks to explore his surroundings on the island. I know, yes, that uh, it's featured in in, uh, various uh, fun places, but (laughs) I really like the idea that like Chewie has some like, uh, you know, you can go to national parks and get the national park passport and you like just jot down your observations that he's like, okay, I got the Falcon mostly fixed. Now, where am I? What sites are there to be seen? Well, it's what's funny about that. It has kind of the same energy as a di- different, you know, goal, but same energy in Empire, where you know he's the one that kind of realizes three PO's gone, and he's he's kind of milling about, right? That's going on his own little uh, adventure to save his little droid friend, and his interaction with the Ugnots as they're playing you know, keep away from him with three PO's head. Like, I wonder if it, did, with the caretakers in Lanai, like, did, was there any kind of grumpiness or just just get along is it you know initially we see obviously he's trying to have the have the pork feast and his mind has changed there and his heart has changed i just could see chewy kind of run around that caretaker village kind of having some issues at first oh yeah for sure i think when he when he goes up the stairs uh to roar at luke uh i'm sure the caretakers are a little bit alarmed just about the amount of fur that they see coming off him like that's a lot of cleanup <laughs> yeah yeah that's what they're sweeping off the the steps a little bit later in the film is uh wookie hair probably yeah. uh so i think they're alarmed but yeah i like the idea that that chewie's i love that you you brought in uh that he's actually paying attention to the uh environment on cloud city i, I like to think that that's what happens every time han and Chewie lands somewhere. It's like Han goes directly to the bar or whatever problem mm. he's got going. And Chewie's like, let me actually check out our environment so we know what the bleep's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It works here. A lot to go to. on This is a big page because you also have the Millennium Falcon. You have a little uh, Porg stowaway at the bottom. Toolbox. There's a lot to choose from here. But I'll throw this out here uh, first, Joseph, then, and then we can go where you want to go. The description here, the little, all these little details uh, pointing to uh, the actual you know, uh, image of Chewy here. You got keen sense of smell, leather bandolier and ammunition cases. This we know. But then, the, you know, Wookiee fur consists of three main layers, an outer coat, a mid fiber layer and an inner down. I have not <laughs> spent that much time thinking about Wookiee fur until now. And that's why I love these these books. Yeah, I feel like these books add uh, so much fun detail, so much fun flavor. And I can almost always, not always, I can often hear a a gentle pushback to Star Wars questions or jokes. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, ah, so I hear you've been joking about Chewbacca being nude for decades. Well, here's the deal. (laughs) He's got three layers of fur (laughs) covering him. Uh, The idea of, of Chewie having an inner down. Oh, it sounds so light and fluffy and cuddly. Uh, yeah, man. I'd, I'd, yeah. Cold winter day. Cuddle up to Wookiee. Get that inner down. I get it. I get it. Uh, what else jumps out to you here on these uh, these pages? Ooh, I like uh, the, the label by Chewie's weapon of choice that says handcrafted bowcaster that undergoes continual mechanical adjustments. Mm. Uh, I like the headcan that invites that he just really uh, gave it an amazing tune-up uh, leading up to mm. The Force Awakens. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, Because people have commented, like, has Han never uh, fired Chewie's bowcaster before? I'm like, eh, maybe he hasn't. Uh, there's plenty of, plenty of headcanon for that. Uh, but then there's also that, like, Chewie just really made it sing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, maybe he just, you know, maybe because they're hunting Rathtars, he need a little more power on the gun. Ooh, yeah. Uh, something like that could work for me. And, yeah, that's why Han was a little more surprised than you'd think. Yeah, absolutely. Strong legs evolved in arboreal environment. 
<laughs> yes. Strong legs indeed and arms. Yeah, tree climber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Such a striking presence. It really is. And I love that the keen sense of smell has a line that directly touches his nose, almost like <laughs> Chewie is smelling that uh, directional line right now. Direct, directly goes to his snoot. Uh, in the data file up there, it says some interesting thing, uh, interesting, funny things too. Uh, Chewbacca and Han spent much time apart after the Galactic Civil Wars. They both settled down with their respective families. I definitely get that sense with Han and definitely understand it with, with Chewie. But I would like to see a little bit more of Chewie Goes Home. Absolutely. You know, yeah, Chewie is separated from his family. He needs to fight the Galactic Civil War. He needs to help Han out. But yeah, I mean, I think at some point, uh, Mala Tobuk there is is tapping her wrist where the watch would go. Like, come on, Chewie. (laughs) It's so so funny because you just don't think of it. You know, you can make fun or or just appreciate uh, uh, in a weird way the holiday special. And and even, uh, you know, Aftermath, Chuck Wendig brought in uh, uh, his son uh, again. So, you know, it's there. It's similar to Davos Seaworth in Game of Thrones, who goes all of those seasons, eight years. He still has a wife at home. He hasn't talked to her in eight years. And this is a sweetheart of a man who's like, no, nah, I'm not doing stuff with Fristanis and now uh, the realm. And I, I, Chewie, just like, I guess she just, you know, I, I, I knew, I knew it when I married you. Your, your job is, it takes you away. Like, I, it's, it's just funny. It's very real world, and, and I'm getting caught up on something silly. But it's just, I, it, you'd actually stop and think about it. Like, uh, I would love. That's why I think I would love to see Chewie go home. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I really, we, we're finally getting some better perspective from Brea and Baru. Next up, Mala. Yeah. Some better perspective from Mala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe she's like, whatever. I got my own thing going here. I don't need how, to chewy. How frustrated, though, do you think she is when everything falls apart for, for Han? The terrible tragedy of losing his son, Ben, to the dark side. He and Leia go back to both uh, what they know best. Uh, and Han comes knocking. <laughs> How powerful is the eye roll from Mala of like, I know you're going. I I know oh this little frail this little frail human's life fell apart again. And there goes my husband. I know you gotta. Mala, we've all maybe been in these situations in our real world. Mala does not like Han. She does her best to tolerate. She knows he's gonna be at holiday dinners occasionally. Um she tries, but it's just not there. Han is uh, Chewie's first love in a way, and she's always been uh, having to just kind of process that in her own way here. Yep, yep. <laughs> Do you think, this is wild, now that was just wild Mala conjecture, mm-hmm. is uh, is Mala in one of those ships that shows up at the end of Rise of Skywalker? To take him home, yes. <laughs> you won already. <laughs> you got your medal. Please. And, <laughs> you got and, some trees to climb. And, and by the husband. way, yeah, not turning Mala into some nagging trope. I'm just no. saying, she's like, I have given you every bit of patience. This chapter of your life has ended. Let's hang that metal on the wall. We got we got some things to do around the house. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy the well-fought-for freedom uh, mm-hmm. with your wife, Chewbacca. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk this. Uh, let's talk this Millennium Falcon here. This, uh, Ooh, yeah. this hunk of junk. Uh, it's uh, featured on the ship. Uh, it explains it has a so- side-mounted cockpit. Oh, okay. I've been wondering that. Uh, thanks, Pablo. Uh, having been separated from the Falcon for years, as it underwent changes in ownership, Chewbacca takes advantage of every minute of downtime to tear apart access hatches and rediscover the ship's inner workings. He has reset numerous recent improvements to the more familiar configurations and uh, that he and Solo devised years earlier. And complicating this uh, chore is a growing infestation of curious porgs who have transformed circuit bays 
into Ness. Uh, I love that. I love that also view of, of the Force Awakens Falcon and uh, that there were changes. And this makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah, no, I love it that this is this is Chewie's processing of 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 everything, right? I mean, we yeah. we love uh, the story or not the story, the, the scene of of Luke just needing to be on the Falcon, right, and, mm-hmm. and to process everything, and that's it's so practical, but it's got to be Chewie processing, right, the loss mm-hmm. of his dear friend to reset their ship the way it should be. Yeah, mm. that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, great way to look at it. Great and sad. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, well, yeah. Yeah. No, sad. But yeah, I like the depth there. I like the depth there. A couple more things left on the page, so we can kind of get to them all here. These toolboxes uh, that Chewie had uh, apparently, uh, you know, had the opportunity to upgrade his tool supplies when the with the resistance. He favors repair devices of vintage, uh, of a vintage that matches the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. You got a fifty-five Forge. You might need to work on it with fifty-five tools. I get that. He prefers unpowered tools that allow him to fill the work required. I love those little details. Pneumatic pistol uh right there mm-hmm. um it, it almost looks like a lightsaber box but it's a toolbox yeah he's got a conductive tubing coil no i just i love these kind of details it just it mm. really sounds like you know you sat down with an interview uh for with chewbacca mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, really getting into all the nooks and crannies of preferences but it ma- it makes sense that he's like no i i you know i need to feel that machine vibrate uh, that tool vibrate uh, under my Wookiee fingers to know exactly what's going on. I need to listen to the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, yeah, these books, these books celebrate that at one point people realize we really need to get ahead of the, the itch. All star Wars fans want to scratch of knowing every little thing. And now it becomes <laughs> this new kind of tradition. You know, as a kid, you'd, you'd, you'd imagine what's in that toolbox. Now we know, and it doesn't take away the imagination from me. Cause now I'm wondering what, what do you do with this pneumatic pistol uh, and spaceships? Uh, so it's its own kind of fun uh, twist on what we grew up uh, wanting to know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so where else you want to go? Final thing. Well, there's the engineer extraordinaire uh, section near the bottom talking about how Wookiees have grossly uh, oversimplified reputation as uh, warriors. Chewie is at heart a mechanic. And it goes on to describe that and some of the Clone Wars history there. I, I do love that, too. I, I think, uh, um, you know, you, for, you forget that the, the, the Wookiees are uh, way more advanced than anyone in the galaxy wants to give them credit for. Yes, they have their tempers and they can rip out your arms and you know, there's certain presence to them. Uh, and I'll see uh, this natural strength and everything. But I just love that. I love uh, this, this section standing up for Chewie and the Wookiees. Yeah, absolutely. And it tracks with uh, him putting 3PO back together uh, on right. Cloud City that he's just like, ah, I like to tinker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chewbacca, mighty warrior and tinker guy. And Tinker. Uh, the final thing, it is the <laughs> almost the main event here on the page. We got the improvised spit. The, uh, it's great. Uh, they talk about the Wookiee diet. They uh, that they require adult Wookiee, Wookiees require a range of three thousand five hundred to six thousand calories a day in food. <laughs> that was a fun day at the office for Pablo. But it goes down to the bottom with this porg stowaway picture, and then the improvised spit has well the cooked porg on it, and it doesn't stop there, Joseph. The detail is added. Though dry and crunchy, porg legs are, to Wookiees, the tastiest part of the roast bird. Wow, they went there. Yeah, that is amazing that it feels like this is, a, you know, an explanation of why <laughs> Chewie left the legs on. <laughs> yes. Kind of looks like he deep fried them. I don't think that's what happened yeah. uh, in the film. Yeah. But, uh, but in an effort... Uh, mm. to to make that make sense, I feel like this has opened 
just a vast rift in the canon because mm. this is inviting the thought that uh, Wookiees have encountered Porgs elsewhere in the galaxy besides Octo. <laughs> or is it that the, well, I guess this is not a, con- I was going to say maybe Biryaga has been there and passed it down in Wookiee tradition, mm. but uh, Octo, you know, hasn't been visited in a very long time is what current canon uh, suggests. But how do you reconcile that, that uh, mm. Chewie uh, has encountered Porgs before or other Wookiees have enough to know the legs are where it's at. I, you know, I, I like this idea of you, you said Buryaga Bur- or, or maybe Gungi on his adventures, uh, hiding out. I, I just like that maybe there's been some encounters and it's been passed down through Wookiee lore. It's a, you mm. know, it's a, it's mm. like you go to In and Out and there's the secret menu. You know, <laughs> if you just know, you know, and you can order the items there. I think there's a little bit of that. Yeah, the double double animal style with the pork legs for sure. Yeah, of yep, course. Yep, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. normal. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think I like the idea that sure, yeah, maybe maybe Briaga or Gungi made it made it to Octo, maybe. Uh, but I like given uh, what we have at the bottom of this page is a Porg stowaway that every time across the vast millennia that someone has made a pilgrimage to Octo, one or two Porgs get off the planet. <laughs> In that they're very rare, but they are encountered. Yeah. Yes. Off-world porgs. Is off-world porgs. Yes, off-world indeed. Porgs. When their action figure comes out, they'll be labeled off-world porgs and have slightly different colored eyes. There you go. There you go. Well, that was a big look. That was a big character, a legacy character. Anything left that you want to touch upon or any closing comments? Uh, I I love the idea of Chewbacca as loyal protector, and I love that eventually that did extend to his little porg friends. <laughs> it's what Sometimes a, a meal can be a friend. That's what we learned today. That is what we learned indeed. I love that as well. Valuable uh, lesson in The Last Jedi for all of us. There you go. Well, that is it, my friends. We have answered the call. We have heard the will of the Force. We'll see you next time. There you have it, an episode that began with our surprised giggles of us turning to the pinup Chewbacca page, uh, <laughs> proof that uh, we, there were some other episodes I could have uh, selected this uh, year, Joseph, where you and I are flipping and flipping and flipping, trying to get the right page number, but that one just, uh, I don't know, it just tickles me, us turning to the wonderful, it's Chewbacca, yay, but uh, the way they presented it was so funny, so that was uh, <laughs> One of the things we're doing. But we're going to take a quick break right now. But on the other side, another episode of Will of the Force from our archives for all of you here on the podcast feed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And we are back on this special storefront edition of Will of the Force, the show that we do monthly for our patrons on our Patreon feed. You just heard a lot about, ooh, just big Chewbacca, nothing hidden Chewbacca. Found a photo of myself, uh, Ken, this Christmas with a Chewbacca action figure where for some reason I took his bandolier off right away and it made me think of that episode of Will of the Force. So what childhood photos will this next episode make us think of? Let's find out. From the center of the galaxy and direct to you here on Patreon, this is Will of the Force. Here on Force Center, I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I said that weird. (laughs) Yeah, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, It has been a long and wonderful week, and I am happy to be here recording Will of the Force. Uh, You know, you and I uh, and Jennifer, we've been recording Force Center for so long. I love those moments where autopilot crashes (laughs) yeah the program didn't load it was the program's say your name file and it just did didn't load 
<laughs> it's the best. Hey, what we're doing on Will of Force, we have some new Patreon supporters. So, hey, so happy to have you here. We really appreciate that. We take one of those reference books, a v- ultimate visual guide, a visual dictionary, an art of book, something that, uh, you know, we as Star Wars fans, we love these books. We put them on our coffee tables and just point at them with pride when people come over. Uh, we take these books, we randomly select a page and see where the force takes us. And we listen to the will of force and discuss what's on that page. Joseph, we've been doing the big, uh, the big one there. What is it? The star Wars, uh, complete visual dictionary. got to make sure I look down on that one there. Uh, but we're going to switch it up here and we are going to star Wars rogue one, the ultimate visual guide. Uh, this is written by Pablo Hidalgo, of course, illustrations by Kemp Remillard. This is one of the, they're all great, but this is one of the better uh, visual guides from Star Wars. Yeah, no, this is one that I feel like uh, I didn't get it at first. And then I would hear people talking about stuff from Rogue One. I'm like, I've watched that movie seven (laughs) times. We've done hours and hours of podcasts about it. What are you talking about? And maybe, oh, it's it's from the visual guide. Uh, So I think it's one that really, really did its job of enhancing what's on screen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and uh, absolutely, and, and Pablo Hidalgo, this, this, uh, you know, Lucasfilm employee that suddenly finds himself in the crosshairs of a fandom in, in the mid two thousands, mid two thousand tens, when when Disney um, pops up and all this stuff, and and his name can elicit so many different responses. But I, I think this is what he does well, and this is what he, you get a sense he just wants to show up and do this. And mm-hmm. this Rogue One visual guide, he just had so much fun telling stories with the entries. Yeah, no, I think that is the the power of it. And I think he is great at that. If the appeal of Star Wars continues to be, to some extent, the tip of the iceberg, where it's not the point of the scene, but there's this weird character or thing in the background. It makes you go, what is that? I think he really gets the appeal of that and filling in even more fun, weird details. So you can go to to fellow fans like, do you know about the decraniated? I'm here to spread the good word of the decraniated, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's a great example. When they popped up in Solo, I felt I knew them even more, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we are calling it about 193 pages in this book. Joseph, you are going to sit on the scene stone like Grogu and choose a page for us to discuss. What do you have? I'm going to page 168. Ooh, going deep into the book here. Uh, oh, okay. We that would have been fun. We missed that one. The force didn't want us to talk about that one. 66, 67. Ooh. Okay. All mm. right. Yeah. Here we go. We're going to X Wing Pilots standing <laughs> by. Page 168 <laughs> takes us to a bit of a splash, splash page with a bunch of X Wing Pilots on both pages 168, 169. We'll discuss them. If you're following along, you can see what we're looking at a sea of orange jumpsuits. <laughs> it is really, it looks like we have opened the pages to a cosplay contest where the everybody is dressing as a rebel pilot. It's really great. It's like day two of a convention, it's, it's the pilot day. Uh, I'll uh, take us through uh, the intro here, but then we'll go to wherever or whomever you want to discuss here, right? The Starfighters, pilots of the Masasi Outpost, are a varied lot, ooh, good use of the word lot, unified by a love of freedom embodied in flight. Some learn their skills in rigid academy training and defected or otherwise escape being drafted into the Imperial Starfleet. 
Others are commercial flyers who chafed at routine and sought a life of consequence and adventure. Some are civilian hobbyists, while others are agrarian pilots. Such myriad origins paired with outsized daredevil egos leads to intense competition among all. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a lot. And there's still another like paragraph or two here, but that's a lot. Yeah, that, that's the text in bold. And even if it wasn't literally in bold, it would be bold. Uh, there's a lot of great ideas, a lot of great words in this. But I, I love the, the overall picture that is true of the rebellion, right? Of it's not the rigidity of the empire. It's not fall in line. It is about what are all these different people from different backgrounds, different attitudes, yeah. what skills or perspectives can they bring uh, to this more organic uh, flying unit uh and i really love that that's highlighted i just also like the uh some just chafed at routine like imagine being at the airport and yep. saying i'm sorry sorry your flight has been uh canceled the pilot is chafing at routine and must seek consequence and adventure uh you know what i would get it as someone who you know just his soul was crushed under a nine to five type of uh, job and routine Man, uh, I never really thought of uh, joining the rebellion just for that. A life of, <laughs> I don't start work till 10. <laughs> uh, yeah, adventure. Like, I, lo I love that attitude of some people are just like, no, I need, I need more. And other like, okay, I mm. could just keep doing this commercial route from this planet to this planet, but I have these skills. I'm not using them. I want to make a difference, right? Yeah. Uh, in a pretty short, uh, bold paragraph, it really covers a lot of, motivations for being there and then ends i think with his gut punch of like and they're all a little full of themselves which is kind of the nature of this kind of pilot so what happens when you put a lot of people who are already good and kind of want to be the best in one space yeah yeah this description uh the uh, keeps going here the masasi outpost has more pilots than battle ready craft at any given moment Ooh, put a pin in that canon explanation there. The result of supply difficulties and the scarcity of available combat, combat vessels under Imperial rule. Fighter pilots train regularly within ground-based simulators competing for a spot in red, blue, green, or gold squadron. Once airborne, these pilots all work together because trust and reliance are necessary for survival in the blink-and-die reality of starfighter combat. Ooh, this is dramatic. I love it. Landing a seat in a squadron is an honor, but a tempered one. It results from a vacancy created by another pilot's injury, fatigue, or worse. And I'm guessing the worse is not chafing at routine in the rebellion. It is up to the next pilot to continue flying under an inherited call sign. That is Pablo at his best. Taking cannon questions, little smudges on the on the margins, little shadowy corners where sometimes you're like, hey, that's weird. Why does that happen? From the start of this uh, paragraph to the end of the second paragraph here, uh, more pilots than craft. Uh, they take the call sign of the one before them. There's a competition uh, feeding into that ego thing we we're talking about earlier there. And uh, man, this is uh, this is beautiful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do like that. You know, everything we've got the great stuff about the daredevils and the outsized egos and the competition to actually be placed in a squadron, the honor of that. But I like this uh, sentence of once airborne, these pilots all work together because trust and reliance are necessary for survival in the yeah. blink and die reality of starfighter combat. Because uh, that is what we see on screen, right? They've got each other's backs. They are capable of uh, forming up, uh, even if they chatter a little bit too much sometimes. So <laughs> I like reinforcing that. But yeah, can, can we take the pin out of what you put a pin in about? Yes about the are there 
not enough ships or not enough pilots. Which way is it? Yeah. Which way, which way is it? Which way, which way do you lean? Well, I mean, I think part of this comes from there's that, uh, the, uh, from a certain point of view, New Hope yeah. book, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of offer, kind of says it both ways, right? Yeah. And that yeah. is a canon adjacent book at, at this point, right? It's yeah. from a certain point of view. And some people have the perspective that there aren't enough pilots to go around uh, with the ships we have. And there aren't enough, uh, there are more pilots. Uh, we have uh, yeah. not enough ships for all of the pilots. Right. Do you have a preference? Uh, do you have a belief? What do you think the canon is? I I love, well, well I could go either way. I don't want to say that's loves its strong word here. But uh, I, I like the idea of the rebellion of this time just not having enough supplies, but definitely having more willing uh, combatants and more willing mm-hmm. pilots. That, 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 that works. It works for rebellion. The re- rebellion that I grew up with uh, and, and the rebellion that I learned more of. Because uh, I never thought about any of this there. They're all just pilots. They join up to fight. And, and, and you know, the fact that some of them might have been Imperials, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time on that as a, as a youngster. It wasn't until later. So all that kind of flows nicely into this idea of even just getting the ships is difficult. That's why we, we can't spare even U wings in the flight on the fight on the Death Star. They wouldn't work, and we don't have enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff um, is fun canon explanation with a little head cannon mixed in. But uh, I'll go I'll go that way. Yeah, uh, that makes more sense to me too. That that pilots, especially as the rebellion is growing, you get more people uh, who are defecting or sick of their agrarian jobs. There's a lot of chafing in the galaxy, a lot of routine chafing. Yes. So it does make, make more sense to me that like, we only have this many ships. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, uh, there's, there's a, the chunk of rogue one that, uh, that I think Pablo is alluding to and is uh, featured on the next page as well as there's that fun little, and this is how Luke became red five because yes. red five died in Scarif, which would be like, Hey, if red five got shot with a blaster bolt on the way to his ship, be like okay mm. but the logic is now the ship went too so luke inherited the sign uh the, the call sign red five from, from uh pedringal yeah uh, but then took somebody else's ship <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i i guess it truly is the the yeah the place the title huh so that yeah. could he have flown um because yeah oh this is this is fun now we're going to weird places or fun places the X-Wing goes, Red 5, Pedringal dies. His Red 5 is, ex- the ship is launched, exploded out of the space, out of the sky. Let's say the only ship available is a, is a Y-Wing. Does oh, Luke wow. then become Red 5 and a Y-Wing or is he Gold 5? Like, there's some logistics I, I definitely want to try to understand here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there have been so many different versions of you know yeah. this this story. So I don't know what is accurately you know canon yeah. right now, but I do like the idea that not only did Biggs or uh, maybe Leia talk Luke up so much to the squadron mm-hmm. leaders uh, that they let him fly, <laughs> but that yeah. they bumped somebody for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. See, uh, the, and I know. Yeah, the certain point of view stories do get into some of this uh, wonderful pilot stuff, but. Yeah, and I can't remember all the details of those. So I think there might be a who got bumped for Luke story, but I don't remember it right now. I can't can't remember either. either, But, you know, that'd be one I'd be willing to have a Disney Plus series on to knock any other (laughs) canon out of the park. You know, just move it aside to tell the true story of the other Red Five who was like, I've been training for like a year. And and Pedrin, God rest his soul, he's gone. That was my spot. And this farm boy takes it. Unbelievable. Yeah, a Star Wars show called Red Nope. (laughs) Yes. Reality show, making the reds or something like that. (laughs) 
There are a lot of pilots on this page here. I'm going to I'm going to read off some of the names and then you you sir are going to say uh, here's who we're going to discuss next. We got C- Cadet Harb Binley, Lieutenant Zal Dennis, Lieutenant Nozo Naton, uh Captain Brone Danier, uh, Deners, excuse me. I'm stuck on Br- Brone. That's a name. I'm, I don't have a kid, but I might name my kid Brone. Uh, Major Rallo Sorel, Lieutenant Attico Red, Lieutenant Weon Dillums, and then, as we've mentioned, Cadet Pedrin Gall. Rest in peace. Any name or names jump out uh, to you, then we can discuss them. What I really like about all of these names is a thing that I notice in the uh, visual dictionary that uh, or guides that the names are always perfectly Star Wars, but they uh, like lean a little bit into the weirder, the mm. harder to memorize, the harder to actually say, sometimes yeah. the dorkier sounding. And it leads me to believe that if you were born into the Star Wars galaxy and you had a more simple, direct, cool sounding name like Han Solo or Poe Dameron, you'd be like, I'm the main character. <laughs> and if you were born with the name Weon Dillums, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, I'm going to die in the background, aren't I? Yeah, I'm going to go. It's, it's, is, it, is it kind of the Star Wars equivalent of the red shirt? Is this what it is? I think so. It's like, is your name a little hard to memorize and say? Uh, it ain't happening uh, for you, Nazo Natan. A taco red. Uh, Attico Red. Attico Red is actually the one who maybe has a shot at main character yeah. status, right? Green Four. He Attico Red was a TIE fighter pilot before defecting the rebellion after disobeying a direct order to fire in an unarmed civilian craft. He uh, has a boisterous rivalry with a fellow Karelian, Nazo Natan. There you go. Red uh, Red Nine right above him. I love that. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty great. Gimli Legolas counting uh, you know orcs you killed <laughs> fighters that just maybe maybe uh, lieutenant attica red wanted to be in the red squadron but he got pushed to green squadron because of nazo oh there's so many possibilities yeah does nazo call him attico green and mockingly i <laughs> <laughs> love that i love that yeah it, it's your name yeah your name uh topic there your name conversation yeah it's so true like red five some guy was like you know oh there's no way i'm gonna lose my spot and then along comes luke skywalker <laughs> right like, oh, i'm merbert superstar or something when you're like god oh, damn it luke merbert fuck bunk what <laughs> no you're not i can't even say that now uh yeah can we can we look at pedrin gall yes let's look at this poor pedrin gall red five uh, from uh denon pedrin was a transport flyer shuttling passengers and freight through congested skylines of his metropolitan homeworld after assisting the exodus of fugitives wanted by the empire gaul was branded a traitor and was forced to flee this guy's a hero he's awesome right he's a hero oh man yeah Pedrin. yeah good for you pedrin gaul you are more to me than a trivia answer you yeah. are a bold hero of the rebellion and he has signal flares in an ankle belt he does uh, he does what do you think about that look there's got because there's someone who's like oh i had a nine to five job and now i just want to fight in the rebellion whatever and this guy this guy was branded a traitor and had to flee after helping fugitives get out yeah no i mean that's i, I love these stories and obviously pablo Dugo has such a, a command of uh yeah. of the story the themes of Star Wars. I I love that. This is the Pedrin Gall is like the kind of characters we're talking about and excited to see in uh, the Andor television series, right? Just kind of yeah. everyday people of like, look, if there weren't a tyrannical empire, I'd just kind of get by. 
doing yeah. my thing. I'd go out with friends for drinks and some sabak. Uh, but you have made it impossible, you know, yeah. to be a decent person in the galaxy. So I got to stand up against you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, man. I, I have not spent a lot of time uh, in the backstory of Pedrin, uh, Pedrin Gall, but I, uh, he's, yeah, you're right. Not just a trivia answer. That's amazing. Good stuff. Good use of this here. Any other character jumping out to you on this, the, uh, oh. these pages? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I am fascinated by how there has been kind of an agreement of like, look, uh, Star Wars, uh, A New Hope looks pretty timeless in lots of ways, except mm. for the haircuts and yes. the uh, the facial hairstyling's pretty locked into the late 70s, early 80s. And they've embraced that. Like, that's the style of Alderaan. I love the episode of mm. Clone Wars where you go to Alderaan like, wow, yeah, all right. Um, right. And they embrace that in Rogue One. And this big one on uh, page 169, Lieutenant Weon Delms. <laughs> look, that long hair, big beard. Uh, Weon Delms, like, for sure sold some pot to, like, John Dykstra, right? In, in yes. the Valley in 78, you know? <laughs> yes. No, that's exactly where I was going. Because, you know, you got your big dark letter mustache and, uh, you know, even uh, General Merrick, uh, uh, Blue Leader, has that. Comet mm-hmm. uh, Harb Binley up on page 168, he has that kind of old classic mustache. But Weon Dillabs absolutely looks <laughs> like he's the dude with the big leather belt. My dad had that. Uh, the leather belt and the leather like wrist gauntlet, but you weren't like a D and D player, <laughs> like you weren't a larper. This is a different era. It's just you were kind of an easy rider, you know. Yo, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like my, I have some like old photos of my dad, pretty much rocking the Wean Dillums look. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. My dad, my dad never had the long hair. He had come out of the navy, but he had this mustache and kept it for years. But he used to ride a, a motorcycle and. And, uh, you know, uh, it just kind of tracks. It's that special kind of 70s vibe. <laughs> Post-hippie, pre-80s yuppie uh, sweet spot. Especially a lot of it. A lot of these folks would grab guitars and create the California sound. Willem, right. uh, we and uh, Dillums played bass for the Eagles before Timothy B. Schmidt or Don Pell. <laughs> yeah, and I just love the idea of the casting call for this. Of like, okay, uh, we need people who look like uh, absolute World War One ace fighter pilots like you look like you uh could uh, play the bad guy in the rocketeer and we also look like we need people who just look like they're trying to play learn to play bass uh so they can uh hook up more often like <laughs> oh man this is great this guy drove uh we on dylan's drove a, a, a z95 dotson into town <laughs> to pick up his weed this is what he did it's so great it's so great yeah yeah uh, and they're all good. They're all mm-hmm. great. I love them. Absolutely Final one great. I want to discuss here as we uh, wrap up the episode, uh, but we can go anywhere you want after that, sir. Uh, but Lieutenant uh, Zal uh, Denny's Red 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the tall, uh, slender, blonde woman that you see in the film. Uh, when encroaching Imperial patrols forced the rebels to scuttle their Tyrfon launch base, the defending Yellow Aces squadron was broken apart and relocated to other outposts. The largest contingent, four pilots, transferred to Yavin 4, with Zal Dennis and her wingmate, Jack Porkins, Red 6, assigned to Red Squadron. And uh, she is part of the Tyrfon Yellow Aces, which we know factors into uh, The Force Awakens. That's uh, the helmet that Ray has. It's a great character. I love this story. Uh, you hear a lot of that in the Rebellion, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, moving the pieces around. We got to get the uh, Y-Wings to Dodonna's group and his cell. Love that. 
Uh, and I love this character. I, I really thought this was going to be Evan Verlaine, which is the uh, Y-Wing pilot uh, who survived the Battle of Yavin mm. from Alderaan, uh, had appeared in the Princess Leia comic, comes back again in other material. Uh, so I was, I remember being a little shocked it wasn't because I think I thought, I thought back then everything was connected, right? Every page of a comic was going to lead to something in the movie. And, and sometimes that's true, but a lot of times it's not. And I'm okay with it because now you have two great characters out, Denny's and Evan Verlaine. But um, I was, this was big. This was big uh, for me in 2016 that I was like, oh, that's not Evan Verlaine. I don't know if I like that. Mm, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I, I would love to see more Evan Verlaine. It's the fun dance of these things, right? That more things yeah. get added as they're um, better. Is there more developed in other places and can all be tied yeah. together? And there's this is this is a masterpiece of trying in Dave, different canons, right? Yeah. We've got mentions of, of Davish Crail. Weon Dillums is talking about Puck Naso, who's, uh, you know, uh, another trivia answer for one of the pilots in A New Hope. Uh, mm-hmm. I love, look, Zal Dennis and Jack Porkins, I mm-hmm. want them to have their own show. <laughs> Give that to yes. me. We need some justice for Jack Porkins and Zal Dennis uh, looks and sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. And look, hey, you know, two seasons of Andor, any of these uh, characters on the board to come back. Maybe Pedrin, uh, Pedrin Gall can return. I'd love to see Pedrin Gall, uh, uh, like, uh, meet a young Carson Teva and, <laughs> and give Carson Teva a bit of advice for his career. You know? Oh, that would be great. Uh, putting that on the wishboard. Putting on the wishboard there. We have looked at the X-Wing pilots. Any final thoughts, sir? Anything we left on the board? No, this is this page is a great example of what's fun about these books. There's that, you know, there's the the fans in the world who are like, I just want to watch the movies and you, you should be able to understand everything from watching a movie. And there's the fans who are like, I want to know who Jack Corkin's best friend was before A New Hope. Well, here you go. Here you go. I want an X-Wing pilot that looks like he opened up for Jackson Brown. You have all of that here. Uh, wonderful stuff. Great selection. A lot of fun. Folks, that is it. We have answered the call and the will of the Force. There you have it. We took a, a, a look at the, the pilots, Joseph. A lot of mustache talk. As it <laughs> so should much be. mustache. So much rebellion mustache, as it should be. Uh, folks, we hope you enjoyed those episodes. For those who have heard those before, hey, we appreciate your support on Patreon. We really do. But it's a new year. We're letting you know uh, some of the cool things we're doing, both on Patreon, the YouTube channel. If you want to subscribe over there, get the upcoming episodes of Figure Fights and some essays, some things we're working on, and the live Q&As. Lot coming your way, but that's what we do on Patreon. It's the will of the force. Thank you all for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod, uh, Hive Social as well at Force Center Instagram and Facebook, YouTube, as we said. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And again, if you want, if you if you find it in your heart, it sounds like a, a, a you know, I'm, I'm begging, but it's just getting the word out there. We have learned <laughs> we just gotta let people know what we're doing. Because a lot of people don't know. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Find me at Ken Napsock. Joseph, uh, final words from you, and where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me and maybe on social media I'll post some of those childhood photos with uh, Star Wars toys. You can find me on all the social media. All of them, my handle is Joseph Scrimshaw. So just go to the social media site of your choice and search 
for Joseph Scrimshaw. And again, thank you for joining us on Patreon. And thank you for anybody who would consider possibly joining us there as well. There y'all, there you are, everybody. Uh, You've heard the will of the force. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.